Welcome to Canucks After Dark. Here are your hosts, Parker Hallowell and Clay Emo. Good evening, Vancouver. Uh, it is Wednesday, August 25th, in the heart of the offseason. Welcome back to Canucks After Dark, the weekly late-night Canucks talk show uh, with me, Parker, Parker's Pucks, and my co-host, Canuck Clay. How are you doing on this fine Wednesday? I am great, Parker. Thank you. I just noticed your, your background is so much nicer, so much more colorful. I just look like a dull gray guy in a <laughs> red shirt. I need some I more have... color around here. I got a new light, which is making everything look a little better. So, oh, it looks it looks uh, awesome. Yeah, we're we're always up in the game here. Um, hopefully, uh, you all uh, who are watching live and listening in podcast form, hope you're all having a good week. Uh, hope you're enjoying the off season. It's been uh, a bit of dead air, uh, so to speak, in the uh, in the hockey world the last week, with not too much going on, especially relating to the Canucks. But we're gonna try to entertain you guys for the next hour or so. We'll be leaning on you guys in the live chat. For some help as well and if you're listening after the fact in podcast form come check out the live show sometime uh just search canucks after dark on youtube uh, and you will find us there uh clay yeah why don't you think of something for us to talk about to start okay. off this week well can i can i share a bit about my weekend just really quickly absolutely is that okay? okay so you guys know that parker is a good golfer he's too humble like but i i know the guy has a picture of him golfing on his twitter okay so i think he's a good golfer I suck. So we were in Whistler, uh, me, Sean, Jacob, along with some church guys, two foursomes, amazing, played Nicholas North in, in uh, Parker knows all these places, Nicholas North in Whistler. Then we went up to Big Sky in Pemberton and then down to Squamish Valley. And Sean is really good, my, my eldest son. Jacob is pretty good. He's more of a bowler, but he's actually pretty good at golf. And I got to tell you, man, I can find way less expensive ways to get frustrated. Like it's just, <laughs> it is just, I love being with the guys. I love being outside. And, and my wife and daughter, they explore the village and pamper themselves, which they deserve, right? We're all getting ready for school or work, whatever we're doing. But I, I love the time. But, man, that's a frustrating game. So forget about you challenging me unless you're going to give me 36 strokes, like two whole. <laughs> you got to teach me. You got to teach me. <laughs> well, if you're talking about cheap ways to get frustrated, you could just turn on Sportsnet and, uh, and watch <laughs> Canucks hockey sometimes. Um, that's true. That's too easy of a of a dig. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you got to teach me. Teach I'll an try. old man. I'll teach try. An old dog new tricks. Other, yeah. But I got to beat you first. Uh, that's the oh, that's, that's the rules. <laughs> you know, it'll be honestly, man. You'll have fun for like four holes, and then you actually feel sorry for me. You, I think you. Hey, feel I, sorry I could use a win sometimes. Um, we do. I will have... say one thing. Oh, I will ahead. say one thing. I got to meet Rick Dollywall in person. Yes, that was I saw the cool. picture. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so he was Lucky walking. Rick. Yeah, well, I don't know about that. He was walking in the, you know, in the village, and I yelled out, "Hey, Rick!" And he turns around and he looks at me. and He goes, "Holy sh!" And he didn't say it. Well, no, sorry, he said it. I don't say yeah. those kind of words. Yeah, yeah. And it was pretty cool. I shook hands, uh, introduced him to my family. Very quick chat. Didn't want to keep him, but uh, very humble. And then the last thing I'll say about this, Parker, I tweeted, "Met the legend." Rick Dollywall, and he he wrote me, and he goes, "Hey Clay, I didn't I didn't retweet it. I hope that's okay." I said, "Yeah, no problem. You do what you want, man." And he goes, "I didn't retweet it because you called me a legend, and I'm all about being humble." And I said, "Well, call me <laughs> call me the legend then." Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have been great. So it was cool. It was cool. That that uh, it was a great trip. Yeah, but very thank you, thank very you, cool. You. All right, thanks, man. <laughs> we got a uh, a bit of Canuck stuff to talk about. Not a lot, uh, and yeah. really the there were. 
I mean, if we look back on the on the last week, um, Ethan Keppen signed, and that might have been the biggest news. <laughs> uh, anything you want to say about Ethan Keppen? That was news because there was a chance they weren't going to re-sign him. Is that fair to say? Right. Or they at least talk? Yeah. Right. Well, they, yeah. they didn't sign it. They didn't qualify him. But, okay. I mean, there was no... I mean, he's probably not going to play in the NHL, right? And there's a reason right. that it took so long. Uh, so yeah. that's, I mean, nothing else really there. Uh, there was like a <laughs> Daniel Sedin interview yesterday um, where he that? said he's enjoying being back with the team. And that was basically okay. it. Like okay. enjoying doing stuff again. Uh, and that's kind of it. I don't think I missed anything. Um, <laughs> however, oh, also, uh, the Canucks have a job opening for an in-game host. So, um, you know. You should apply. I will. Lots of people were saying you should apply, uh, but I you think should we're, apply. We're a little busy with uh, with our own stuff. Um, <laughs> but one thing that I did want to talk about, um, yeah. which was kind of interesting, and this was more so just about um, the Canucks organization as a whole. And you know, we've. I mean, I ha- have ragged on Jim Benning for for quite a while, um, the last few years, uh, especially, and and since I've I've made content on YouTube. Um, and so every year, The Athletic does a fan study. And basically, they poll uh, everyone who wants to participate. Uh, you can give your opinion on every team's front office. Mm. And then it gets split up into public opinion. So what do other teams' fans think of your team? And uh, team fans' opinion. What do, in this case, what do Canucks fans think about uh, the Vancouver Canucks front office? And this was very interesting. Um and I already told you, I shouldn't have told you. I want, I would have wanted you to guess uh, where the dumb. Canucks fit. Well, how about this? Where yes. do you think the yes. general public ranks the Canucks out of 32 oh. teams? These are non-Canucks fans, so the outsiders in the NHL. Okay, and you guys, while I'm answering this, everyone in the chat, you guys rank where, what's the other one? Where, what we think of our own, right? The, the, what Canucks fans think, yep. Okay, so I'm going to guess what other non-Canucks fans think of our management and people in the chat are going to rank us one through 32 on what our fans think about our own management. Okay. Right. So for me, cause I know that answer for me, I think fans are going to see that we have a good young core, but I think they're going to know of the mess that we made. Uh, not we, you and I didn't have anything to do with it, but, <laughs> but well, I hope not, but uh, what happened with last year's COVID. So I was going to aim trend a little higher Parker, but then I think I get pulled back a little bit. I'm a little bit biased by what you told me about our own ranking. So I'm going to say 25th. 25th is pretty close. The closest answer we've gotten, uh, Coach Rob says, others 27. Uh, other fans from around the NHL have the Canucks ranked as the 29th front office in the NHL. And the Canucks fan base also has the Canucks ranked 29th. Oh. In the NHL, so basically the way they did this is they asked, double Gino, a double Gino, they, Gino exactly. Gino. <laughs> well, triple because it overall ends up at twenty nine too. Um, so they asked for six. There were six categories that people okay. could rank on a one to five scale. Okay, basically these uh, were roster building, cap management, yeah. drafting, drafting and developing, yeah. trades, free agency, and overall vision. Um, what do you think was the worst public sentiment uh, out of those six? So, read me the six one more time. Sorry, Parker. Uh, roster building, cap yep. management, drafting, trading, free agency, overall vision. Okay. I definitely think it's going to be one of either cap management or free agency. 
I think people will say, outsiders will say cap management. It is cap management. Cap management, public opinion, a 1.7 out of 5 on average, which is 31st in the NHL. Fan base, the Canucks fan base also had it at an average of 1.7 for 31st in the NHL. So uh, according to general public opinion, whether that's outside or the Canucks fan base themselves, a 1.7 out of 5, 31st in the NHL. Their best category, drafting and developing, um, which isn't much of a surprise. Uh, Canucks fans give them a 3.5. Outside teams give them a 3.4. So good for 12th and 13th in the NHL respectively. Um, but yeah, free agency about a 1.8, <laughs> yeah. uh, roster building 2.4. Um, but yeah, basically general consensus, uh, is, uh, not great <laughs> for the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah. And two insights for me, Parker, right away. Number one, it's amazing how close the non Canucks fans are. Their rankings are compared to Canucks fans. That means either a, uh, actually it goes both ways. I guess Canucks fans are smart. As, and other fans are smart. At least they're thinking on the same level. So that's that's kind of neat to see, actually, that there wasn't a lot mm-hmm. of disparity. Were any of the six grades, like, a big disparity? Uh, the the biggest disparity was on roster building. Yeah. Um, public opinion was a 2.4 out of 5. Canucks fans gave it a 2.8. Right. And maybe because of the new moves, right, this right. summer. Yeah, but that's okay. only a difference in, you know, a couple of spots yeah. uh, on the rankings. So, and the second thing I was going to say is um, I did a video about Jim Benning and I, I kind of ranked four of those six, th- six things, right? Uh, drafting, roster building, free agent. And when I say roster building, I guess I throw into like, like contract extensions there, free agency and trades. And I said, he's been great. Oh, good. Yeah, no, he's been good at drafting, developing. It helps when you have Pedersen, Hughes, Pat Coles, and Hoglander, Demko. I said he's been okay at his his own contract extensions. I know you love talking about uh, you like the, his RFA signings, right? Generally, he, when he has RFA's are great, UFA's <laughs> are a little sketchy. That's, that's yes. sort of the Jim Benning special. And I, I think that's what I was going to get to. And then the UFA's uh, and his uh, actually his trades are uh, hit and miss. So I can see where both the Canucks opinion and the Canucks fans and the general NHL opinion why they ranked them how they did. At least they're recognizing top half of the league in drafting and development. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I, I think most of these are pretty fair. Yeah. Um, the other wrinkle that was a part of this poll uh, was one last question, and that is how has your confidence changed over the past year? Are you more confident in the team or less confident or about the same compared to how you were a year prior? Um, Mm. now this is one where I'm going to trust the fan base more so than I'm going to trust the public because I mean, the public looks and, 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 you know, they see, you know, they see the big stuff, but not necessarily the the smaller stuff. Um, the public, the public's confidence has declined a lot, uh, in, uh, in the last year. Uh, it's about, there's just bars, but it's about like 60%. Uh, are less confident in the public and only about 10% are more confident with the rest being sort of in the middle with the fan base. It's about a 40, 30, 30 split. 40% Hmm. of fans are more confident than last year. 30% are sort of in the middle. 30% are less. I think I'm smack dab in the middle uh, because I was sort of negative to start with still. He hasn't sold me yet. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah, so, so that was definitely an interesting uh, wrinkle as well. Yeah. I guess the, the public, they wouldn't see the, Maybe they they hear stories how Pedersen and Hughes aren't signed yet. They don't know all the cap implications. They don't get as excited as we do as Connor Garland and Jason Dickinson, how that's such a big 
improvement for our top nine. So uh, that makes sense to me. Um, and I saw some people, wouldn't you just love to prove, well, maybe you don't care. I, I would just love to prove them wrong. I don't know. Oh what. yeah. I want the yeah, team to yeah. be good. Yeah. Maybe that's I a better get, way of putting it. <laughs> I get, I get comments on my videos the uh, occasionally, not very often. Uh, you know, it's probably like one in a hundred where people yeah. are like, Oh, you just want the team to be bad. It's like, no, I don't. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> I really want the team to be good. You, you think, you think like our channels would be doing yeah. much better if the team was better. Like it would be night and day. Um, Parker, you write to that person, Parker, and you say, <laughs> Can't you see the pain in my face when I had to do a video, a posting video after every game? You write to them and say, you watch how happy I'm going to be when the Canucks oh, rattle off. I'm going to be fired up. Um, and yeah, and this is sort of a, a thing we see around the media, just sort of go off on a tangent here, where lots of people are like, oh, the media just wants all negative stories because it's better clicks. It's like, no, it's not. No one yeah. cares about the team when they lose. There's all these casual fans. Like, like I look at like my parents, for example, right? Yeah. Like very, like they enjoy watching hockey, but they probably watched two or three games last season, but yeah. go back to 2011. They probably watched 60 games, right? People there's a, there, the majority of the fan base is, you know, more fair weather fans. The ones that aren't on Twitter, the ones that aren't listening to 650 day in and day out, right? People yes. want the team to win. Um, now, what's kind of fun about about this um, this sort of poll is they've been doing it for like six years now, and the Canucks' <laughs> best was twenty fifth <25th laughs> uh, in those six years. And that was last year, uh, after they made the second round um, in in that bubble. You know, uh, I love what you said, Parker. Not not that part about twenty fifth. I love the part what you said about channels' interest just getting. It's better when the Canucks do well, and mm. um, before I. Before I traverse to you here for Canucks After Dark, um, I started like a decade ago with uh, Canucks Hockey Blog, and then I wrote for them, and we did a podcast there called the C4 Podcast that's still going, which is which I'm happy for those guys, obviously. And then I wrote a bit for Daily Hive, now Van City Buzz, or, or off now that's offside, right? They, so yeah. they went from Van City Buzz, but it's interesting. What Rob Williams, the editor, still at Offside, told me was that yeah, it's night and day when the when the Canucks are doing well how much more eyeballs, how much more clicks, how much all those things. So you're right. This whole narrative of we, uh, not we, but actual media want the Canucks to do poorly to write, you know, negative stories, controversial stories, clickbait stories. No, they know that they're going to do much better when the team is doing well. Uh, that's why the bubble was so exciting a year and a half ago. Yeah. I mean, you can look at our, you can look at our channels, right? I mean, you, you did live streams after every game, right? The ones yeah. with the most views was, were after, after fun wins usually, right? Yeah. So I did I like mean, three. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think back to that, that Maple Leafs game, which was on the day I moved, uh, yes. and, the, yes. and the Canucks had a big win and that was one of my best videos. So yep. yeah, we, yep. we want the team to win now. Uh, some other fun questions from this poll. Uh, let's start with which team do you think was last? What team do you think was 32nd in the NHL in public opinion? You said 30 seconds, so they included Seattle? Seattle's included, yep. Okay, and I have not seen that. So in public opinion, um, it's got to be Ottawa, Buffalo. I say Buffalo. Yeah, it's Buffalo. Yeah, it's, it's not very close. Uh, Buffalo, <laughs> with an average score across all of them, with public opinion and fan base, yeah. at a 2.0 out of oh. 5. Uh, public opinion has them at a 1.7. Uh, second last was actually San Jose. Uh, oh. because they are falling apart. Then Arizona yes. was 30th. Ottawa was, wait, Ottawa's up here. Ottawa is 21st right now. Uh, ahead of us? Yeah, well ahead. And it's, I mean, it kind of makes sense, right? They've been they're on the upswing, right? Um, yeah. But, uh, and then the easier question, which team's number one on this uh, 
on this. Well, th this one I'm cheating. I saw some people. It's got to be Tampa. Yeah, it's Tampa Bay by yeah. Yeah. quite a bit. Average score of 4.6. Uh, that makes sense. I mean, you win, you win back-to-back -back Stanley Cups um, yeah. and be the best team in the NHL for three years, basically. Uh, that is going to happen. You know what's interesting about the Buffalo being ranked 32nd? And that's without Jack Eichel taking the survey, right? Like, he, he, they didn't include his results, so that, oh, that is pretty have. good. He might, have, he might have an athletic <laughs> subscription. Wow, yeah, they, they're hurting. Uh, Ottawa, wow, 21st. So basically, top right at the bottom of the second, third, second tier, second, third. Wow. Okay, Canucks got some work to do, both in the perception, I guess, of our fans and, of course, across the NHL. But there's nothing better than, as we've been talking, than winning. Mm -hmm. And it's, I mean, it's the if we if we care so much about this poll, right? If we're looking at sort of this and we're saying, uh, what will it take for the Canucks to move up in public opinion? Winning is obviously a big one. Yeah. Um, let's say Pod Colson comes in and does really well, and maybe Rathbone makes a splash. That drafting one might tick up a little bit. Yep. Um, and if Oliver Ekman Larson actually is good, then the trading one probably goes up a little bit. Um, yep. and yeah, I think that's sort of, that's sort of your, your potential for, for an improvement there. I agree. Free agency will just never go up in this market. <laughs> no, it's going to be tough. They've got, they're going to have a, a lot of work to do. Where was free agency? Did I, did I mention what free agency was Two no, I, Canucks yeah. fans gave them a two out of five yeah. or no 1.7 out of five. From Canucks right. fans and 1.8 so, from the general public. So drafting and development was the only one that was in the, the top half. Only of the, the only one that wasn't in red on this graphic. Oh man, yeah, man, you don't need to be an analytics whiz to know that that's bad. <laughs> yeah, two two out of ten is bad, <laughs> or two out of five. Sorry. Um, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay, I gotta go read that tonight. Wow, it's mm -hmm. interesting. It's a fun one. Um, all right, that's kind of all of our Canucks stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and it was barely Canucks related, um, but definitely a good conversation starter. Guys, we are going to be leaning on you in probably 10 minutes or so. Okay, uh, I'm going to go there. I'm going to go there, Parker. I know I know. we kind of talked about it. Do you mind if I go there? You know what we were sure, talking go about for going there? Yeah. So Nothing's no off limits. Okay, no surprise. The Canucks following suit of the Winnipeg Jets, the Toronto Maple Leafs, and other, I'm sure many other cities, most in Canada. We'll see what the States does. Requiring proof of full vaccination for players, staff, employees, guests, which means the fans. So not a surprise. It comes hand in hand with the province making all these uh, rules and, and kind of protocols, delaying step four, all that thing that's happened in the past two or three days. Uh, your initial reaction, Parker, I, I love your tweet. I, I think we're both on the, in the same boat here. Not, that's not just because we hold tickets to games. It's a matter of... In, in our opinion, what's best for public health, public yeah, safety? Yeah, look, I don't, I don't talk about many politically charged subjects yeah. very often, but if you look at my Twitter feed, I, I don't make my politics very, like, hidden. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, it's one of those things where public perception was very in favor of it, uh, and there's a lot of, with the majority of people being fully vaccinated, you know, most of them are more comfortable if it's only other fellow vaccinated people in the arena. Mm -hmm. Just kind of, uh, you know, one of those things that everything fell into place where it made the most sense. And we're seeing that around everything. I think yeah. Alabama's football program is going to require the same thing. And they're they're one of the lowest vaccination rates in the world. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's it's uh, you know, it's not surprising. Um, it's something that if anyone wants to argue with us in the chat, we will promptly ignore you because 
there's no point. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I, I think Parker's being a tiny bit facetious, but not entirely. Yeah, it, and it's just, you know, if you choose not to vaccinate, like, that's that's fine. And I, I said that, and I've been saying that. That's Everyone has their choice for yep, sure. Sure. Um, and I respect that you have that choice, but that's, by the same token, people need to respect that the Canucks, as a private business, as we talked about, can do anything they want. And yep. But they're following the lead uh, of many others. The majority of businesses are going to do this, obviously. Yeah, and it's yeah. well. I mean, right now legally they have to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> for yeah. the next little bit, so uh, yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be good to see people in the stands. Uh, hopefully, on the I guess not the thirteenth. They start on the road, but whenever yeah. they come back, uh, I thought I'd pull it up faster. Twenty six. Is it that long? Do they yeah. start? Oh man. Yeah. October 26th, yeah, is that right? You're right, against the Wild. They start off on a five-game road trip, six-game road trip to start the season. That's absurd. Yep. I mean, get it out of the way while you're rested, I guess, right? Six-game road trip, and that sixth game is Seattle's home opener? Yeah. Uh, no. Wait, sorry. Yeah. I was, I've zoned out a little bit. What was no. That? Isn't the sixth game of that six-game road trip in Seattle on, on Saturday, 23rd, but is that Seattle's home opener That's or not? That's Seattle's Probably. first ever home game. Yep. Wow. That's the one I wanted to go to, but it will be way too expensive. <laughs> you, do you still have your hotel room? Are you still have it for now? I have a hotel booked because I'm going to, well, if the borders open, I'll be going to the, the Seahawks game on the Monday. Oh, uh, that's awesome. Following that. So okay. that's, the, that's the dream, at least. Oh, Canucks on Saturday, Seahawks on Monday? Yeah, Monday Night Football. The Monday Night? Oh, that's a good trip. Yeah, that's a good and trip. Sunday, just sit in the bar and watch the rest of the NFL, <laughs> <laughs> and and see your fantasy how see how well your fantasy team's doing. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Uh, just on red zone all day. When's um, your draft, by the way? Your fantasy draft? Uh, September seventh, I think. A couple weeks. Yeah, I might need your help on that too. So right. not only on golf and NFL <laughs> fantasy, we'll just add the list, man. Just send me the bill. Oh yeah, I was gonna say I'll send you a check. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right. Uh, one other, I mean, two other quick things that we can hit on. Uh, yeah. Henrik Lundqvist retiring, um, which is pretty big in NHL circles. I mean, he was one of the best goalies in the NHL for 15, 20 years, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, we. I saw some conversation of what tier of goaltender he belongs yes. in, uh, which I thought was kind of an interesting conversation. Why don't you lead that off? He's never won a Stanley Cup, correct? Correct. And what's his most Olympic success? I can't remember. I feel, like, based, I feel like Sweden won a gold at some point. With him, yeah, they, they must have. So, uh, uh, you know, it's funny. Not only, Parker, did I see that what tier he's in, but I've also seen a lot of comparisons to Roberto Luongo, another goaltender who has not won a Stanley Cup, who led his country, well, at least we know Luongo led to gold here in 2010. So um, for, uh, first ballot Hall of Famers, yes, probably. Uh, best of all time, maybe best in the last, uh, among the best of the last two decades. I wouldn't say all time. Where does he rank? I put him in the solid, uh, yeah, you know, am I putting him up there with Brodeur, Waugh, and Hasek? Maybe not, but maybe just a notch below them. Yeah. If I, yeah. I'm in that same boat. I think there's sort yeah. of two tiers here, and, and we got some clarification. He won gold in 2006 in Torino uh, ah. and silver in 2014 in Sochi. Thank you for that. Uh, so that was his Olympic success. Also, the gold medal in 2002 in the World Inline Hockey Championships. Uh, Amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, good goalies are good goalies on skates and, and not on <laughs> skates, apparently. Um, yeah, I think that is sort of where it falls, right? You have the, the sort of Hashik Wah, 
Broder tier, right? Yep. Broder yep. kind of on the lower end. Um, and then you've got the sort of Lundquist Luongo yep. price tier. I think you might be able to lump price in. Yeah. Um, Someone put Jonathan Quick in there. He's won two Stanley Cups. Yeah, I think Jonathan yeah. Quick's peak wasn't as long, yeah. maybe. Because, uh, I mean, you know, Luongo and Lundquist were sort of, you know, up there for a longer period of time. But but Quick sure. had the higher the higher high, right? Right, yes. Um, so I think, yeah, I think that would be fair to put him in there as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so we got him at basically tier 1B or the second the second tier. Yeah, yeah, I'd yeah. say I'd say that's like, there's like a, like a, 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 a S tier, and then he's in like the A tier, right? Like he's a, he is a, uh, he will be a Hall of Famer. I, I have not, like him, Luongo, yeah. Price, Quick, will probably all be Hall of Famers. Um, okay, I'm an idiot. What does S tier and A tier mean? S is the best. Okay. Uh, and then, does it stand for and, anything? I don't remember. Oh, and, oh, oh, it's a thing though. Yeah, when when people make like a tier list, uh, it's usually oh. like super, like the the super, <laughs> and then A, B, C, D, F. Oh, okay. I see. Okay, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Just kind of uh, like Dom decisions game score. There's elite, and then there's one, two, yeah, three, four. Yeah, it's of thing. the ah. it's the it's the top. Okay, so I got a I got a question for everyone in the chat. You just type in one word. Which goalie had the better career? Lundqvist or Luongo? The two L's. I would love to know. We'd love to know what you guys think because we made that comparison. Both made a Stanley Cup final. Yeah. Both won gold at the Olympics. Yeah. I'm sure Luongo won gold at a world championship, right? Because Lundqvist did. Uh, Luongo won. Where's international play? Why are they not the same? Oh, yeah. Uh, Luongo has two golds in world championships and two golds at the Olympics, uh, 2010 and 2014. Uh, although I don't know if he played much in 2014, if I remember correctly, was he the 24? Uh, I don't know. I think it might've been price yeah. playing more. Yes. Um, but yeah. Uh, and then both obviously making Stanley Cup finals, Luongo getting to game seven, Lundquist getting to game six. Was that series yep. or five game six? No, I think it was only five. Yeah. It was. Yeah. I guess when the, the LA, Kings right? beat yeah. them. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, I think, uh, I think most people in this chat are probably going to be biased. <laughs> Right, uh, Justin and Calvin going Lundquist, uh, oh, Agam yeah. going Lundquist, but then we get Luongo, Luongo, Luongo. Yeah. Uh, oh man, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna say Lou. All right. Uh, asking Canucks fans, great point. Uh, yes, and Lauren, yes. Coach Rob saying Luongo. Seattle saying Luongo. Well, Coach Rob said it because he got the same name. That's the easy one. Uh, yeah, and then Justin saying Luongo's backup of 2010 came when Broder struggled. Yeah, Luongo started the 2010 Olympics as the backup. Uh, and then I think Broder lost that game against the States yes. in the round and, robin. And they were so cl- they were just looking for any excuse to put Luongo in, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> and then Luongo came in and was lights out. Uh, yeah. So yeah, uh, Luongo kind of saved <laughs> saved him in 2010. Well, that's good. That was that was a nice way to get people involved. There was a, a, some really good. I, I'm impressed also with how quickly you get those things on the screen, man. Yeah, I mean, I just sort of click. <laughs> it's just a lot of clicking. Uh, I like Alvin's, Alvin's saying Lundquist has better stats, I believe. I haven't looked at that. Uh, that would have mm. probably been a good thing to look at. Uh, Lundquist's <laughs> career save percentage is 918. Wow. Uh, but he had lots, like his best season, like 2011, 2012, was a 930, and he played 62 games. <laughs> wow. And then a 926 the following year, 923. So Lundquist had a, like a six-season stretch where 920 was his worst. Yeah which is absolutely outrageous. Uh, and Luongo had 
Kind of a sim- I mean, Luongo had a season where he played 73 games for the Panthers, lost <laughs> m- lost most of them, yeah, and had a 931 save percentage. <laughs> wow. So I, I think, you know, I mean, they both had about the same amount of seasons above a 920. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I think I, I think you're going to have trouble arguing their their career save percentage is basically identical. Um, yeah. Luongo's goals against average is worse because he played for those Florida teams for most of his yeah. career. Before we get to don't do that, can you throw up the question gold medal or Stanley Cup? And I think most people would say Stanley Cup as yep. much as it's it's great to represent your country and there's there's. Nothing wrong. Obviously, it's awesome to have national pride. The Stanley Cup is what you start playing hockey to win, not an Olympic gold medal. Is that fair yeah, to say? Absolutely, hundred yeah. um, percent. And it's yeah, it, it's not close. Um, you know, yeah. you always you know, the, it's also just the 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 sheer mass and size of the trophy, <laughs> right? Like, right? Like you imagine you picture yourself lifting the Stanley Cup over your head, right? That was the <laughs> that's what you envision in the backyard shooting uh, pucks at the garage, right? Yeah. Um, the gold medal is amazing and definitely something to be happy with. But I am sure if you asked Luongo if you want to trade both of those Olympic golds for a Stanley Cup. Betty, take it. Would you trade three Olympic golds for a Stanley Cup? Would you? I don't know. I can't. Well, just <laughs> Pro- work with me here. Sure. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, it depends, right? Yeah. <laughs> but it's, you know. Um, yeah, yeah I, I, I think you take the Stanley Cup all day. Absolutely. Oh, I just used a Parker word. Absolutely. That's good. You're rubbing <laughs> off on me. Maybe your golf Perfect. game will rub off me, too. Uh, you can hope. Uh, <laughs> and... <laughs> Um, yeah, thanks for your uh, thanks for your feedback there, guys. That was fun. Yeah. Um, I guess we have one more topic that I have listed here, uh, and okay. it happened I think last Thursday, uh, and I made a video on it that the uh, the Coyotes are getting kicked out. Uh, ah. Basically, the uh, the the city they they just didn't pay their rent. <laughs> Basically, what happened is is when the pandemic hit, um, they sort of went and they the Coyotes owed the city of Glendale money or like the mm-hmm. arena management company in Glendale that's owned by the city. It's a weird relationship. Um, but they owed Glendale money, uh, COVID hit. And then the Kyers are like, Hey, we don't have any money to pay you. Uh, and then the city's like, Hey, let's make a deal where we'll forgive a certain amount of this debt, but going forward, you miss one payment. We're done. Right. We mm-hmm. have the ability to just call it. And they, they, they owed, you know, a few hundred thousand dollars basically. Uh, and Glendale said, yeah, after this season, we're done. Like, we're just not putting up with this anymore. Uh, and it just sort of keeps adding on to this list of, and this pile of sort of controversy that the Coyotes have been involved in. Wow. So what was your final takeaway? Did, did, did you give any predictions to if you think they're going to work it out versus end up moving? Well, they're not going to work it out there in Glendale, okay. right? Right, um, right. Their other right. options are uh, apparently there's like an arena in Tempe that's going to hopefully be ready for the following oh, year, uh, okay. but maybe like the year after. So they might have like yeah. a gap year going somewhere else. Uh, obviously, we hear all the commotion around relocation. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's always been sort of like there's there was always the big three. It was Houston, Quebec City, Seattle. Well, Seattle's okay. taken now, right? <laughs> Seattle's got a team. And it's either going to be, you know, if there were, if they were to relocate, it would be a either Houston or Quebec City. Obviously, I think we'd all want that to be Quebec City, mm-hmm. um, but I think Houston's probably the more likely option. Although I'm, I'm not entirely sure that relocation's at the top of the agenda for, uh, for the team. I'm trying to think of 
how far how far is Glendale from Phoenix? I know that I know where Mesa is. I know where Tempe is. I don't know where Glendale is. It's not close. <laughs> it's okay. Oh wait, no. This is why would I? Why would I search Glendale to Phoenix? Why would it give me Glendale, California? It's That's it's pretty, close. It's tw- it's like it's a suburb, right? Oh, like, okay. It, it would be like if the Canucks played in like Burnaby or New West. Yeah, which wouldn't be ideal, um, yeah. but it wouldn't be the end of the world. Hmm. Okay. No, that's good. That, no, I I saw your video did uh, not. Well, your video did well, and you did well in the video. That's an interesting topic for sure. I, yeah, can I, we love it if Quebec City got the, the we get to a nice round number of eight Canadian mm-hmm. teams, and obviously you got to figure out some relocation, like figure out the divisional alignment. But that's easy. We yeah. they figure those things out every few years. So they just changed it. The Coyotes are already they just got moved to the Central anyway. So. <laughs> just keep moving them, <laughs> but then something's got to come back our way, like to the West. So. We'll mm-hmm. see. All right. Very good. Pretty three minutes. You know what that means? It's that uh, time. It is that time. Uh, well, do you want to do don't do that? Is yeah, that let's do it. Okay. Um, uh, if you guys have don't do that, uh, please throw them in the chat. Um, and also, while you do that, also throw in questions or other topics or things you want us to talk about because we're fresh out. Uh, we have used all of the stuff we want to talk about for the week. So if you have other interesting topics uh, that have either happened uh, this week or just random questions about the upcoming Canucks season or what we're doing or personal questions or whatever. Uh, We're going to fill the next 25 minutes with some, uh, hopefully some fun conversation. (laughs) Brandon Prust. I don't even, I don't want to (laughs) bother. I don't want to give him any time of day. Fair enough. Uh, but, so be brand impressed. Don't do that. Yeah. I fully agree. I am. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, is that the only, is that no, the only Lucas, don't do that? Lucas. Oh, keep the, yeah. Coy- yeah. keeping the coyotes in Arizona. Don't do that. I mean, I'd like him to move. Uh, they just seem to sort of be Gary Bettman's like pet project, right? Where he doesn't want them to go anywhere. Like he's worked so hard to make this team work and it just isn't happening. <laughs> I, you know, I agree with everything you said. I'm just reading Marcus's. I saw that. <laughs> um, did we talk about that last week? We had literally the exact same comment, I feel like. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I just find that really funny. Because <laughs> um, I'm a 40, 47-year-old man trying to say that word. Yes, yes. Yeah, rad. <laughs> um, all right. Cho- uh, choice. That's kind of all of, that's kind of all the don't do that's. <laughs> they weren't, weren't very many. Uh, let's uh, let's talk talk about some other random uh, topics here. Uh, sure. Signing your star a- RFAs, please do that, please. Yeah. says Agam. That's, you like uh, that? That's pretty fair. Or we could say not signing your RFAs. Don't do that. Like that's that's we're, the double negative works as well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. For sure. I feel like we've had that exact comment probably, but. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Gomer, do expectations for Connor Garland because I, I got to tell you this. Um, I think I've, I've said this to you before. <laughs> There's one guy on my channel who harps on me. He says Garland and Horvat. We've talked about this before, so I'll go very fast. Garland and Horvat are going to get over 70 points. I said I would love that to happen, but that means uh, Miller, Pedersen, Bester. You're expecting them to get more than that because they're the first line. You rarely have five guys get over 70 points. So what, Parker, are your expectations for Connor Garland when it comes to? points point totals 
Um, well, to sort of go on that first thing, we're yeah. predicting both Garland and Horvat to get 70 points. Yeah. Only one of them is going to be on power play one, right? Because you can yep. only have usually only have four forwards, right? Um, so that's unlikely. Uh, one of them could. Uh, and if it, you know, I, I think Garland tops out at sort of 60, but I think mm -hmm. even that, like, I'd be stoked uh, if Connor Garland got 60 points. Yeah. Um, I mean, he was on a, he was on a really good pace this year, right? He had 40, basically 39 points in 49 games, which would be about, about 60 point pace, uh, maybe a little higher than that, yeah. um, which would be great. Uh, and I think that's sort of a fair expectation. He's going to be playing with, you know, decent players, uh, at the very least. Um, but I would say my prediction to be on the safe side, 55, mm -hmm. but I'd love it if he broke 60. Yeah, Horvat's career high is 61. So I, I said the same thing. I, I have Horvat in a good year, somewhere between 55 and 60 once again. And then yeah. I would I would love Garland to hit between 60 and 65, but I do not see him clearing 70. Yeah. yeah. Keep in mind, guys, if you have two second line players hitting 60 points, <laughs> that's unreal. Yes. Like that's so good. Because then you probably have like Pedersen Miller Besser putting up 70. Yep. And that's also unreal. So I, I don't yeah. think you would, uh, I don't think we should be complaining if he doesn't hit 70 points. And gone are the days where the Canucks are going to score three, no, where any team is going to score 300 goals a year. Right now it's yeah. 240, like 80 or 260 if you're lucky. Yeah, it's not going to be 300. Um, actually, can you put up C edits about the jersey? Five up. Which newly joined Canucks player's jersey would you get if given the choice? So I really like this question because. Uh, with the jersey, you know, you could just like the number, you could like the player, you could like uh, something about that player. Um, I don't know why I got a David Booth jersey. That's still my worst jersey purchase ever. And then we won David Booth jersey off the back in the Canucks season finale. So we have two David Booth jerseys, not just. <laughs> yes, I know. Feel my pain. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> but if it was between Car uh, Connor Garland, Jason Dickinson, Oliver Eric Larson, Tucker Pullman and Yaroslav Halak. Those are our five new guys, right? Basically. Uh, and don't forget about D. Giuseppe. <laughs> oh, yes, of course. Whose name and I can Brad never say. Hunt, <laughs> yes. uh, Luke Shen. Yeah. I would go Connor Garland because he's got the longest contract, five years, and I think he's going to be a fan favorite. So for me, it's an easy one. I would take Garland. I would buy Garland's jersey. I think that's the safe choice. Um, yeah. Again, based on contract length, based on him being likely to stay. I mean, if you want to go strictly on most likely to be in a Canucks uniform for longest, yeah. all of Rick and Larson because yeah. you might have trouble trading that contract eventually. That's fair. That's um, fair. But yeah, I think I, I, but why would you want to wear Ekman Larson's jersey low, like compared to if, if you're banking on him not being good and that's why he's here so long. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would probably go Connor Garland as well. Uh, most exciting, yeah. uh, youngest, like the, yes. the, the ability to play for this team for 10, 12 more years, if everything goes right. Um, mm -hmm. and I, I, and I think he's going to be a very, very exciting player. Sure. And a lot of people say Puck Colson, which is fair. I, you know, I was thinking. Mm -hmm. Newly acquired by the team, but yes, Pud Colson will come. Technically, Jack Rathbone comes in as a rookie as well. I don't think he played enough, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, he didn't play enough played, games. He only played a couple of games last year. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely good. Calder eligible. Good question, Sienna. It's very good. Mm -hmm. Um, lots of people voting for Dickinson, uh, in the chat here. Um, mm. Pod Colson, like you said, uh, yeah. Coach Rob wants a Tucker Pullman jersey. I respect that. You got, Coach you're Rob, get, you're the you're best getting, man. You're getting four years of value out of that for sure. <laughs> And right. I love Quattro David Booth jersey. What were you thinking? I wasn't. That's the thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then the hockey gods punished me by giving me a second one. Yeah. 
uh, apparently you're uh, <laughs> yeah that's that's hilarious um, what else do we got here um, while you're looking I'll just say that was before David Booth went kind of weird like when he when he got here he was good he had yeah. a good career in Florida he had you know a couple of scary knee injuries but he he did a bit with American Express line with Ryan Kessler and, and uh, Chris Higgins that was kind of cool mm -hmm. uh, Noah asks sort of off the board have you been watching any Lions or Whitecaps you go first no. <laughs> I have. I've, I've watched all three Lions games so far. Yeah. I watched the fourth quarter of one Lions game. The one that they uh, won? No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, I, I, it was, I think it was their first one. And I was like, oh, they're Ooh. playing. I'll turn that on. Uh, yeah. And it was not, nothing was happening. Um, Whitecaps, I, I like going live a couple times yeah. a year usually, but I, I don't love watching soccer on TV unless it's high stakes, right? Like I watch the Euro finals, um, sure. like things where there's, I'll, I'll watch any sporting event where there's something on the line, uh, sure. like, like the Olympics, right? Like I'll watch, I'll watch table tennis uh, in the Olympics or I was trying to learn how to play polo. better. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I agree with you. Whitecaps, uh, actually this is kind of bad. I follow how well or not well they're doing, but I really only go if Marie brings me if she's singing. Honestly, it's just soccer is just not my sport. For the Lions, though, I did used to go to Lions games three or four a year. I remember this is before you were born, Parker, but in the late 80s when they were putting 60,000 people in that stadium, it was amazing. That was when BC yeah. Place was brand new and, and was fresh and, and cool. But gone are those days. I, I suffered through the, the, the tough days, but I was there when they won the Grey Cup in 2011. Nice. So I've always been, yeah, always been a Lions fan, want them to do well, and uh, will probably get myself out to a game or two, but I want them to figure out what the heck they're doing in the stadium first. I heard it was a gong show trying to leave. Yeah, I, uh, I've been to a, a few Lions games in the past, and it's yep. one of those things where it's like, if it was a packed house, it would be awesome, right? Yep. That's what it needs. Um, but when there's only, you know, 9,000 people in there, or whatever it is, right, it's, it's just not the same. Yeah. I like Sammy's uh, about nine up about Horvat. Could Horvat represent Canada at the Olympics? So let's presume that the Olympics are on with NHL players. I've seen Horvat projected on 50%. Now it's not like there's dozens, like about, there's only been about four or five projections, but I've seen him on 50% as a fourth line winger, because as we've talked about, there's so many centers that half the team will be centers. So I would love for him to make it, but he's going to have some stiff competition for sure. Yeah, I think uh, I think if he has a really good start of the season, it is what yeah. it would take, right? There's so much competition, right? I yeah. mean, when you're talking about a team that might have Braden Point on like the third or fourth line, like <laughs> you're 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 really like the, the it's a team that's going to have like nine centers on it that are the best yeah. on their team. Um, yeah, I, yeah, Canada can send their their C team and they'll have a, a, a shot at a medal. Um, so yeah, I think he could. Uh, I think if he really has a strong start to this season. Um, you know, they'll probably play what, like 30 games by January or so 30, 40 games. Um, yep. so, you know, yep. if he's, if he's putting up like, you know, like 25 points in 30 games or 35 and 40, like if he actually has a really hot start, um, then yeah, for sure. Definitely has a shot. Yep. It'd be awesome. It'd be amazing. Uh, fun question from Justin Yarko Rutu or Artem Chubarov. Yeah, I, I like Rutu's game. I didn't think much of Chubarov's game. Uh, I, I do remember, and I remember Rutu more. Just yeah. He was kind of a feisty, kind of third-liner type guy who you really want on your team. Chubarov, I don't think he really amounted to much unless I'm missing something massive. 
Uh, yeah, Chibarov only had 58 career points in the NHL, all with the Vancouver Canucks. Okay, okay. Uh, in 228 games. Uh, Rutu played, you know, 650 NHL games, had 142 points. Okay, so almost the same points per game. Maybe Rutu's a tiny bit better. One yeah, other, Rutu but... stuck for longer. Yeah, he did. So I'll go Rutu. Chibarov's only 41. He could have... He could have kept playing. You <laughs> retired. What do you say about forty-one-year-olds? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Although I'm forty-seven, so I, I'm not sure why I even asked. No, I said he's young. I said he's young. Yeah. yeah okay. Great. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um. All right. Any other ones you like here? Um. There were a couple higher actually that. Uh, I when can we asked. Up. Yeah, that'd be great. Let's go. Um, where was it? Oh, no, F before C edits. Uh, I know this is really good for the podcast. Great radio. Yeah. <laughs> for those of you in your cars, oh. I hope you're enjoying this. <laughs> John Chen from 10.35 p.m. About, okay, awesome. Would you put Hoglander and or Podkolzin on the PK? Parker. Um, if you had to, yeah. but I don't think so and it comes down to they're probably going to have a prescribed amount of minutes per night uh and you don't want to use those up on the penalty kill uh the mm. canucks went out and they 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 addressed it a bit right i mean jason dickinson might not be the best penalty killer based on some of the numbers i've seen but like defensively he's very good um so I, like he's going to slot in there um and i don't think hoaglander and pog colson are are needed on the pk uh, yeah. Especially, you know, you look at Hoaglander, he's probably going to be, you know, he could be getting second line minutes, right? Playing with potentially uh, Horvat and Garland uh, if everything mm -hmm. goes well, right? You wouldn't want him out there taking extra time on the penalty kill because then he's more tired when he's out with uh, yeah. with his actual unit, hopefully getting some offensive zone starts. Uh, Pod Colson, on the other hand, will likely be on the third or fourth line, uh, so he might have that opportunity. But I could see I could see Travis Green trying to shelter Bud Coles a little more and, and give him more offensive starts unless he really comes out and impresses defensively, uh, which I don't think many people are betting on. Uh, but it, I mean, it would be good. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think penalty kill is the one part of your game where you need experience and you really got to trust your guys. We know that Travis Green really leans in on the guys he trusts, and I'm not saying he doesn't trust Hoglander or he won't trust Bud Coles and. But you also have to earn trust, not just in hockey, in, in, in everyday life. So maybe we're having this conversation next season or, or two seasons from now. But I think you already have Mott, Sutter, Dickinson, uh, whoever the fourth line right winger is going to be. If it's Highmore, you can you can put Miller and Pearson. They've done penalty killing. So you, I think you already have six guys ahead of Hoglander, Puckholzen that you're that you're thinking about using. Does Garland kill penalties too? He might have in Arizona, but that would have yeah. probably been out of necessity. Uh, yeah, I, don't I think there'd see be, there yeah. wouldn't be any reason to, to have him out there um, at that point. Yeah, so, so let's switch to uh, the power play side of special teams. Noah's uh, question. Would you roll with the same PP1 as the past two seasons and put Garland and OIL on PP2? I'll, I'll start with this one. Um, I've heard, no, I've heard, I, I saw one person suggest that you take Besser off of PP1 and put Garland in there. So actually, Parker, you could have... Uh, Horvat, Garland, Miller, Petey, and Hughes. And then your second one, you need a center. I, I get it. Or you can change on the fly. But you know you're going to have Pearson out there. You know you're going to have probably uh, put, uh, Hoglander out there. Uh, one of OEL, 
Uh, oh, sorry, sorry. You have Besser, Pearson, Hoaglander, then either OEL or Myers, and then you need one more forward, whether that's Pot Colson or someone else. I could see them breaking up the lot of line and moving one of them in the second unit. Yeah, I wouldn't hate that. Um, yeah. I wouldn't hate the moving Besser uh, off of it because I think the the way the power play one looked and the way the Canucks power play has looked over the past couple of years is very stagnant, right? Mm. And I always notice this, especially when the Canucks are playing against Edmonton. Because you'd notice McDavid just skating the entire time, right? You look at the Canucks power play. It is a standard umbrella where there's three people just stand. Like, everyone's standing still, basically. And they're just <laughs> passing around until something's open. There's not a lot of movement. Um, and, you know, it's because you have Pedersen, whose main option is to shoot. You have Besser, whose main option is to shoot, right? So you're the, the Canucks power play is sort of run through either get it over to Pedersen for a shot from the one side or Besser from the other side or Horvat in the middle, right? Was sort of like the three real scoring chances they had. Um, if they wanted to take Besser off, maybe focus a little more on, on feeding Pedersen one-timers and then mm -hmm. have Garland as a more active side, right? I mean, what we see, what we would see McDavid do is he just sort of skate laps, right? Yep. On that one side of the ice and just sort of load up. And right, you could have Garland maybe moving on this one side, getting passes and trying to open up passing lanes a little bit more to get something mm -hmm. going. And then that allows a really good shooting option on power play too. When, you know, if for the first 80 seconds of the power play, power play one can't do something, you still have a really high scoring potential option in Brock Besser who you can feed the puck. On the other hand, I, Brock Besser just feels like he's got to be on power play one to me because he is such a good shooter. Right, right. No, that's fair. And the other thing we saw a lot too is we saw JT Miller often take the reins as the quarterback because you, you're right. You'd have Pedersen on the right, and uh, this, and even actually when PD got hurt, especially, you saw it was more Miller and Hughes. Right, Miller would kind of load up, come all the way to the blue line, and then start skating towards the net. And then he's got pretty good vision, good hands, so he yeah. could either fire the puck at the net, or you're right, go down the bumper in the bumper, go down the the net front, or back up to Hughes. So. Plenty of options, but yeah, that's a good point, though. Is is Garland as dangerous as Besser? Besser does feel like a PP1 guy, so do you move? Um, you don't move Petey and Hughes, so then you, your only choices, you're right, are Horvat or Miller to the second one, if you yeah. want to get Garland on there, yes. And look, you know. this conversation is such a positive, right? Like, yeah. we're, we're, we're talking about, we're not talking about, ah, who do we need to fill a hole? We're talking about, oh, we've got, five really good forward options and one of them is going to have to drop to bp2 right yep. and that's a that's a that's a luxury for this team uh honestly and you know the the power play has been sort of middling in the nhl and it's a it's a real chance to uh one either have a power play that's good from the start or you have options to switch things around if they don't work right things yes. don't work take someone out put garland in or take garland out put someone else in or you can or take horvat out put him on pp2 and, and throw in an extra shooting option right like you have yes you the, the team has flexibility now where it's not like okay well we've got four really good forwards and one really good defenseman this is our power play one right it's at the point where we can we can start to do a bit of shuffling uh hopefully i mean we know travis green loves to shuffle uh, but it might just open up more options. Who's your uh, defenseman on power play two then? Is it Ekman Larson? Is it Myers? Or is it Rathbone? Well, I don't know if Rathbone's even playing to start the season. <laughs> That's true. <We've laughs> but if he, That's is, true. I would, if he is, I'd like that, right? Ah. And, and I mean, it goes back to the one goal we saw him score last year yeah. where he showed that he does have really good vision uh, and he's mobile. And I think that would be another really good option on power play two, right? Have... 
I mean, Power Play 2 has been the more mobile unit for the Canucks, right? They've been mm. a, l a bit less structured and more like, all right, let's try and get something to work really quick. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think Rathman would be a good option there. However, also, you know, you see Power Play 2 usually out there to end a penalty. Uh, so, you know, maybe Travis Green not wanting Rathbone to be the one defenseman out when a penalty is over. Uh, we're back to even strength or... Um, again, just sort of a trust thing, right? Like having guys out there who can, you know, maybe reliably set something up and, and maybe an Ekman Larson's a better option for something like that. Um, I need to see him and Myers both doing things to, to pick one. Although I'd kind of lean Ekman Larson at this point, I think. Yeah, I think so too. He, we know that he, he's got a decent shot. I think it's a lot more accurate than Edler. It's probably harder at this point of his career too. So I, I agree with you. I think Ekman Larson with a, with a slight edge over Myers for sure. Mm. Uh, Shannon says to hit the like button, guys. So do what oh. Shannon says. Um, uh, Lucas asks, looking at the team, is this playoff material? Absolutely, like, this is the yes. Big, the big question for the year. Absolutely, yes. Uh, whether they're second, third, or fourth, that remains to be seen. But uh, aside from Vegas, I don't see a clear front run in this division. So to me, there's a five-team glut in the middle. Yep. Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton, Seattle, L.A., you can say Anaheim, San Jose going to not be in that part. They're so involved. the Canucks could finish anywhere, honestly, between second to six. I'm optimistic. I I think they're a playoff team. I think they could fight for second or third, but things a lot of things got to go right, though. Right. The team has a shot, right? Yeah. And I think I think that's a, a safe bet. Is um, they like even if we say they're only 50-50 to make the playoffs? Well, I think they have they they can right. Um, they, they have the roster, they have the construction to at least make a run. Um, you know, it's going to be a long season. Uh, hopefully they can pull out, you know, if they can pull out 48 wins, right. Yeah. I mean, it's an, it, you're easily in, right. So, yeah. uh, yeah. I think their playoff material, I'm not a hundred percent sure that they will make the playoffs. Oh, that's good. They could even go 44, 34, that's 60. No, no. 44. Yeah. You have to like 44 and then like eight overtime losses. Yes, you know, like exactly. Yeah, yeah. Is basically Whatever the, the math, math is there. 44, 30, and eight or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Can you go Edmund? You think Oyel and Hughes will be a pair in the beginning of the season? I, I don't think so. They're both left side guys. I think they're going to try and establish some left-right uh, chemistry. Um, so I, I do think it's going to be Hughes and Hamannick again. And then and then you put one of Pullman or Myers with Ekman Larson. Likely Pullman, maybe. Well, who knows? And then Myers on the third pair with either Rathbone, Hunter, Yolevi, as we've talked about. Yeah, I, I think that's probably the most likely. Although, Hughes did have a bit of an off year last year. Um, yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if things get shuffled there. Try them, like, in, in training camp, I'm sure we'll see all of the defensemen play with all of the defensemen and just see what works. You know, the, mm -hmm. there's, like, six or seven preseason games to work stuff out before the season starts. Um, so I think we'll know a lot more then. Yeah, they might try Hughes with, you're right, all three right-handers. But I don't think you'll see him with Ekman Larson because then you now you're, you're you're just messing up the balance a little bit too much. I think. Mm -hmm. Although it'll be fun to watch. <laughs> this is fun from Tiger. Um, will Yaro Halak outperform Braden Holpe this year? Hmm. I, I hope so. Hope. Do you remember Parker that Holpe actually started the year last year? It, it actually went Holpe Demko Holpe Demko for the first ten. They went yep. five five and they. And then Demko kind of established himself as the very goaltender. Like Hopi a lot. Um, tough year for everyone, as we know, but he, he didn't play well. He didn't play well. He had a couple good games. 
Yeah, uh, I mean, Holpe's by far the younger goalie, right? He'll be 32 this season. Like He's still really young, which is surprising yeah. to me. Um, and Halak's, what, like 36? Uh, yeah, he's 36. So age curve-wise, it feels more likely that Halak is more likely to decline more. But in the last yep. few years, he's been the better goalie, last two years especially. Um, yeah. So I, I think it'll be fairly close. I think Halak might be a little bit better, especially in a limited workload. Um, so is, is, um, Holtby going to Dallas as the backup, right behind, uh, yeah. they, they got Godobin and Bishop still. Yeah. They, I don't know. And Ottinger. I, what the heck? Yeah. They've got some goalies. I don't know what they're going to yeah. do. I don't know what they have planned. He might, yeah, he, he might, might not even play. <laughs> yeah. That's weird. I just yeah. I didn't Bishop is they had... old though. Bishop's thirty four, right? Yeah. Like he's although Bishop was Bishop played forty four games uh last year, like the previous year. Yeah. Uh, and had a nine twenty. <laughs> so he's yeah. still been fine. Uh, Bishop's got a heavy contract though, almost five million dollars for the next two years still. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um all right, let's go to this one. I like this question from, from far one. Uh, love the channel. Thank you. If the Canucks do well this season, so I'm assuming this is sort of at the deadline and they're maybe in a playoff push, do you see them maybe making a move of a f- extra forward for a D-man? Because uh, we do sort of see that the this defensive group is struggling. And if you want, we can sort of transition the question more into uh, what would they trade for in general at the deadline? Yeah, you know, that's a really good question indeed by Farwin because I think when people ask me, often they ask uh, if the Canucks are fighting for a playoff spot, would you trade picks for a rental? And I say absolutely not I, because we've seen what it's how boring it is when the Canucks don't have a first round. They don't do it just to entertain you and me, but you got to start to build the prospect cupboards again somewhere. Right. So I'm more open to this player for player, so to speak, type of trade. But like, like, who is it? Is it someone like uh, a Brandon Sutter who's going to be a UFA anyways? Is it someone like Brock Besser that you're afraid to, not afraid to, but you know you got to qualify at seven and a half? Like, obviously, there's we're talking about different types of returns. You could get a, a bonafide top pairing D man for Besser, where Sutter you might get a third round draft pick or, or something. Right. So, I, I don't know. It, it's so it's it's kind of nice to think about that situation, but uh, I I don't know if they would go guns a blazing for it all in this year although Benning seems to want to do it yeah and it's one of those things where if you don't have if you don't have a like a realistic shot like if you're not one of the best teams in the league you mm-hmm. know trading picks for rentals gets really iffy right I mean we saw it when you know the Cucks went all in uh, for that sort of you know 2009 2010 2011 sort of stretch yeah uh, which was the correct thing to do Right, because <laughs> the Canucks won one more game, and no one cares about this rebuild yep. for the last how many years? Right, doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, so if it's to win a Stanley Cup, if it's to push your chips in to actually win a Stanley Cup, yes, do it. But if it's to maybe help you win the first round of the playoffs, but you're still going to get crushed by a Colorado or Tampa in the long run, anyways, <laughs> then that's where it gets iffy for me, right? Because you're shortening your window because. That's why that, you know, sort of 2011 team fell off so hard, right? All of your guys suddenly need to get paid and they're getting older and you have no one new that's coming in for cheap in your system. So, yeah. you know, you see what Tampa's doing where 
they're they're making the playoffs now they're winning stanley cups and every year they still have like this random 23 year old who shows up in their system and he's really good and it's because they've been drafting and developing this whole time so um you know the the canucks will need to keep making draft picks to succeed in the long run um so hopefully you know they unless the team is on like a 50 win pace right if they're if they're gonna if the Canucks are gonna put up 110 points in the regular season that's like all right, well, might as well, right? But I don't, I don't really foresee that. I think they'll be more around like the 96, 98 range, um, sort of more on the bubble. That's a good point. It would take, it would be great, but the Canucks surprised us and we're battling for first, yeah, first in the division or up there, then you, you, you're more open to those kind of conversations. At the same time, you don't want to wreck what you already have, but yeah, you want to load up for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it's 11 o'clock already. Look at that. Uh, <laughs> it's almost he, like we were hoping that we were going to get there. <laughs> yeah, no, we pull it off as we always do. Um, well, thanks to everyone watching. We, we, we didn't yeah. even talk about Pedersen and Hughes contracts this week. We didn't have to. Thank yes. goodness. Yes. In the next couple of weeks, we will hopefully have something to talk about there. But before we wrap up, let's sort of give you a primer on what is to come. Um, as you know, for the last basically July and August, we've been doing shows on Wednesdays. That will be the same for the next two weeks. So September 1st and September 8th, we will continue to do our shows on Wednesdays. September 8th will be basically our season one wrap up. It'll be, mm. we'll be done our first year doing this, which I mean, we'll only be doing it for five months. Um, but you know, we started back in April. However, yeah. um, that'll be sort of our season one wrap up. And then we will switch back to Mondays on September 13th. Uh, basically, you know, as news starts to pick up around the team, as we sort of ease into training camp, uh, that will be the start of Canucks after dark season two for the 2021, 2022 NHL season. That'll be our league year start date, so to speak. Um, so that is what you have to look forward to. And I'm excited. We've been blessed by the growth already in these short five months. Uh, we grow more than 100 subscribers a month. We're at 550 subscribers in five months. Uh, one thing Park and I were talking about, we noticed that we've been consistently in the top 40 in uh, hockey podcasts in the country, not just in the province, because there are a lot of podcasts here, but mm-hmm. in the country. And that, that's been a nice surprise. The last two episodes have done really well. So we're really excited. We're, we're, we're not just trying to survive the next two weeks, but we know as soon as the middle of September picks up, that's why we're moving back to Monday is a, a good day for us. And we know there's going to be a lot of excitement surrounding the team. So we're really excited about the winding up season one and going ahead, forging ahead with season two. Yeah. And, uh, and, and the fact that, you know, we are hitting these, you know, like in the thirties and forties in the country for hockey podcasts uh, and, and the fact that we, we get most of our viewership comes from YouTube anyway. So that doesn't even Mm. count uh, is super cool. So we know that, you know, we're, we're up there. Uh, which is absolutely crazy, you know, considering we started this thing back just four and a half months ago. Uh, and that's all thanks to you guys. So thank you guys very much for sticking around. Uh, Steel Dog says our show was a C plus today. So we'll pick it up for you next week. <laughs> he was he was joking. And um, right below that, Edmund, it says, I guess it's Edmund's birthday on Saturday. So happy early birthday, Edmund. Absolutely. Um, and thank you guys again very much for tuning in. If you missed any part of the show, uh, again, I can see that, you know, our viewership sort of goes up as the show increases as some of you notice a little late. So you can always go back and watch the show or you can catch the audio version wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, our last two episodes are our most listened to podcasts ever. Yeah. Uh, so I recommend you guys go and listen there if you missed anything. Uh, anyways, I think that's it. 
thank you guys very much for hanging out with us. Uh, we will be back next Wednesday. Of course, you can find us both on our YouTube channels. Uh, you just search Canuck Clay and Parker's Pucks on YouTube, on Twitter, uh, everywhere. Basically, you'll find it. Uh, yeah, that's basically it. Clay, any last words? We Maybe we'll have actual Canucks news to talk about, but we've proved tonight with the help of our fine and loyal viewers and subscribers that uh, we can make anything work. Absolutely. Thank you guys. Just like Jim Benning. Yes, he'll make it work, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Number 29 in the league. And we will uh, we'll see you next week.